2: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
0: You're listening to the FT Money Show from Investors Chronicle and FT Money.
2: Hello, and welcome to the FT Money Show. In today's programme, has the housing market hit rock bottom? Are luxury goods companies being squeezed along with the rest of us? And the good and bad news about a scheme for donating small lots of shares to charity? I'm Steve Lodge from FT Money, and I'll be giving the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with the help of my colleagues from FT Money, Charlene Goff. Hello. And Elaine Moore. Hello. But before we start, we'd love to get your feedback and any criticism, however harsh, on this and previous podcasts. So please email your thoughts to ask.ftyourmoney at ft.com. Let's start with the money news. This week, private equity is back, this time sniffing around troubled buy-to-let lender Paragon. HBOS Shares, the owner of Halifax of course, also jumped seventeen percent on Wednesday amid rumours of a bid from Spanish bank BBVA. And a new lender, Checkmate Mortgages, announced it will be opening stores for business next year. Charlene, all this sounds like a possible market bottom for banks and properties. Or am I being too hopeful?
3: I don't think you're being too hopeful, Steve. No, all those things you pointed out are the signs that we might be seeing the bottom of, a, of the market and that a recovery might be around the corner. It's still pretty early days, but I think we can safely say these are some green shoots coming from the property market.
2: But isn't it still a little bit kind of sort of edging around the dance floor? One of these private equity firms, correct and if I'm wrong, that's looking at Paragon, was the one that walked away from Bradford and Bingley.
3: Yes, TPG Capital, and it obviously didn't like what it saw at Bradford and Bingley. It's having a look at Paragon, Blackstone, the big U.S. private equity firm, is also looking at Paragon. And I think the timing is pretty interesting, really, because these mortgage lenders have been in trouble for months now. So the fact that they're looking at them now signals that these private equity equity firms might be thinking the worst is over, and really, the, whole, the market downturn this time has been fuelled by the lack of available mortgages.
2: And, of course, we've got Alliance and Leicester being bid for, or an agreed bid by those other conquistadors. You know I like that word. Banco Santander, the abbey owner, last week as well. I guess the real question for everyone, Charlene, is how long is this going to last? Is it all going to be over by Christmas, or is it all over full stop?
3: I don't think it's over yet, unfortunately a few months ago people thought interest rates would be going up and and the market downturn could could spread into next year now the outlook is looking a bit more positive but things could change again if inflation continues to rise interest rates may again creep up it's still very uncertain but we're looking at the moment that prices may have bottomed out towards the end of this year, into the beginning of next year, and maybe by next spring we could see a bit of a revival.
2: Lena, an opportunity for you to get on the housing ladder. Well, exactly.
1: I was just going to say that in the last two weeks, mortgages have come down very slightly, haven't they? So for first-time buyers like me, is that... Is that good news? Is that should should he start thinking about houses again, or I think away?
3: it's good news. Yeah, and you're a first time buyer. I'm actually coming up to remortgaging, so you never know. We might have, you know, got some um,
1: a bit of luck coming our but way. We still have to save up a massive amount of. Well, that that is exactly deposit,
3: that's exactly it. And the mortgage decreases that you just mentioned are really only for people who already have substantial equity in their properties. So first time buyers need deposits really of 20 25 percent if they're going to get these really cheap rates otherwise they might be locked in and it could just be the big cash rich property investors who are coming back into the market and snapping up the bargains
2: well exactly let's talk about the really important people like my own remortgage which has got another is a year and a half away and i'm paying a 0.46 under base that That that, just
3: makes a 60
2: that could prove to be quite good timing though couldn't it Yeah, I I think by
3: then that should be a really good time. The the feeling is we could be entering a bit of a recession. All these things we're saying about the market's improving, there's still a lot of negatives, redundancies are still rising, inflation is still pretty high. So the economy could deteriorate into next year, which could enforce further interest rate cuts. So by the end of next year, you could be looking at pretty low interest rates again, just in time.
2: But the market could still be falling. I mean, my offensively optimistic estate agent, local estate agent, tells me two years. So... We should wait and see, I suppose.
3: Yes, I think we do have to. But I think there are bargains around at the moment if you've got the money to to go into the market.
2: Mm. Well, if you'd like to read Charlene's thoughts on the outlook for the property and mortgage markets, look out for her column in FT Money in The Weekend FT and online at ft.com forward slash money. Still to come in the programme, the good and bad news about a scheme for donating small lots of shares to charity. But first, the business of luxury. Analysts say luxury goods firms could be bargains after big falls in the shares of businesses like Bang & Olufsen and LVMH. FT Money's Elaine Moore talked to Alex Bell, chief executive of Dominion Funds, which runs the CHIC, Chic I suppose, Luxury Goods Fund.
1: Alex, the luxury goods market has had a really tough time in 2008. Can you explain why you think investor sentiment towards the sector is so negative?
0: Yes, we have to look at the sort of stocks that make up the luxury sector in that um, we're not talking about something which is geographically common. They're they're dotted all over the world from Japan to to the U.S., the U.K., and obviously a lot of Europe. If you're looking at the the actual share price performance, you've also got to look at the performance of the indices. And uh, what you'll find is that the, uh, the depreciation, the share price of luxury stocks has gone down pretty much in line with the markets.
1: But the companies within the indices, they do have some things in common, don't they? They have a similar customer base that they're aimed towards.
0: Very much so. I mean, the, when we talk about luxury, we're really talking about the high end of the, the retail consumer. The consumer for that, uh, for those companies within the sector is changing and changing in a fairly dramatic way. Whereas traditionally, the U.S. has been or the U.S. consumer has been the most important consumer for the market um, It is much less important these days, and actually the the consumer that you're looking for is the emerging wealth in in Asia. The dependence they've had on the the wealthy consumers in Europe is pretty much, uh, it's not as far down as the U.S., but uh, pretty much level, but again, is losing importance compared to the new wealth that's been created in Asia. But do you Uh, think that
1: investors and analysts realize this?
0: Well, one of the, the problems in looking at consumer data full stop is that the US and the UK are particularly good at providing data on consumer spending patterns. Asia is a long way behind and in fact, places like China and India, which are really where a lot of the growth is coming from, there isn't reliable information that you can get. From an analyst's point of view, the data that he has at his fingertips is US consumer spending. Now that looks, well, it has gone down, it looks like it's going down further. What is the implication on uh, on the luxury sector? you really got to look at where they're actually selling. And increasingly, the U.S. is not the market they're looking at.
1: Because there Therefore, the
0: figures so... are largely irrelevant.
1: Because there seems to be some discrepancy between the strength of the balance sheets of these companies in the sector, companies like Burberry and LVMH, and the share price in 2008, which has come pretty significantly
0: down. The best indication you can look at in terms of the value of the company, whether or not it's worth it, investing in, Um, and the performance of the company versus the share price has got to be the price-earnings ratio. What we've seen over the last 18 months is that the universe of stocks that exist within the luxury sector have gone from a PE of 25 times earnings. So the value of the company is roughly 25 times its earnings. So the average has now dropped to 10 times its earnings. What that means in simplistic terms is that the stocks within that sector are now a lot, lot cheaper. But it's also indicative of the fact, given that share prices fallen, that the companies continue to strengthen and strengthen really quite strongly.
1: But they are equities, and if equity markets fall, these companies are likely to fall as well, aren't
0: they? Any investment in equities is subject to a pretty high degree of volatility. You can only really look at investment in equities over a reasonably long term if you're a retail investor. Institutional investors can take a shorter term view.
1: So, Alex, can you identify which companies within your particular fund, within the Chic Luxury Goods Fund, have strengthened the performance of the
0: fund? We have moved away completely from those stocks which drive their profits through the distribution of of luxury, and more towards those stocks that own their own distribution and are in the, shall we say, best of luxury class, being uh, LVMH, Louis Vuitton, uh, Hermès, Richmond, which which owns fairly famous marks like Montblanc and Dunhill, and jewelers like Bulgari.
1: So strong brands and ones that are targeting the Europe, the emerging markets rather than the US consumers.
0: Yeah, in, in particular, those those that have uh, they have a, a big footprint in the US are going to suffer over the next uh, the next year or so. Those that have made the investment in terms of getting into Asia and creating the distribution for their product lines in Asia should do a lot lot better. That
2: was Alex Bell of Dominion Funds. So, Elaine. Does this mean the rich are suffering like the rest of us?
1: Well, they could be. There is traditionally the idea that in economic downturn times, people prioritise spending on utilities rather than amenities and that the ultra-high net worth are spending a bit less and they're tightening their belts like the rest of us. But at the same time, there's conflicting information coming out from places like Selfridges, which say that sales are up and they're expecting a bumper Christmas. So Gucci handbags, you know, all these sorts of things, they're expecting to sell more of them than ever.
2: Well, exactly. I always thought the rich were different. You know, they were the people who bought these £5,000 handbags on the Champs Elysees, you know. And, this is uh, it.
1: They always have money. They always will have money. They'll always spend their money. It's a really interesting. The luxury goods market is so interesting right now because the companies themselves don't seem to know what's going on. They're asking, just like the rest of us, what's happening. Their sales appear to be up, but the share prices are way, way down. Alex Bell's fund, this Chic Fund, is down 31% since inception last year. So it's not a great time for investors. But at the same time, the companies themselves are doing fantastically well. They're selling all over the place. But do you
3: think that reflects the sentiment that people, what people are thinking is going to happen over the next six months to a year. So they think there is going to be a bit of a downturn coming. And
1: even these super rich people might have to tighten their belts a bit. Absolutely. What some analysts have said is that perhaps the data that investors are using is dependent on the consumer demand from the West. But there's actually a whole load of people in emerging markets in China who are spending more than ever. And they some people say, are going to carry on spending more than ever. They're, it's up 20% this year. It's expected to be 20% up next year. It's just that it's hard to get the data from these countries.
2: Okay, so it's probably, it seems sounds like a story for UK investors of bargains in shares, maybe if not in handbags, I suppose.
1: Exactly. If you can choose the right ones, the strong brands, people say, LVMH, the hard luxury watches, jewellery, these are the places that at the moment the, the prices are down, you could pick up some bargains.
2: OK, and for Elaine's analysis of the investment opportunities in these prestige firms, you can read her article in this weekend's FT Money. Finally, donating shares to charity. This week saw Barclay Stockbrokers, the UK's biggest retail broker, promoting something called National Share Giving Day and a service called Sharegift.
3: So that sounds like a really good idea, Steve. How does it work?
2: Well, the good news is that this, this service was set up to aggregate all those small tiddly little holdings where you're getting pennies in terms of dividend checks. Um, And actually, the whole point was that these, these holdings would actually cost more to sell in dealing charges than they were actually worth. So along comes a charity called ShareGift and says, send them to us, we'll collect them with other people's holdings, and then we'll give the money to charity. Now, also some good tax news as well. Um, not only are, is there no CGT on those, sorts of, um, on, on those shares, um, no IHT, no inheritance tax, um, but also you can reduce your income tax bill as well. So for every pound you give as a high-rate taxpayer, it's 40p off your... Uh, tax bill for a basic taxpayer 20p off your tax bill.
1: So you're giving money to charity and you're saving yourself on some admin that sounds like a great idea Steve but I imagine you will find some problem with it.
2: Inevitably Elena curmudgeon like me has found something wrong with this deal of the week in FT money. Number one donors can't choose their own charities that's one problem with this service so you bung them over to Sharegift and Sharegift has a big committee, you can make suggestions, but essentially they split the money up between a range of charities. Um, They say they've given to 1500 or something over the last decade. Um, The other point is as well, if you're actually sitting on a loss, or rather you can't use capital losses, just as the gifts are CGT free, the losses can't be used to offset gains elsewhere. So that's another catch.
3: And also, the way the equity markets have been performing recently, a lot of these shares probably wouldn't be worth that much at the moment.
2: Well, that sounds even more curmudgeonly than me, you know. Um, I, I suppose you could just give more then, couldn't you? I suppose would be the answer. Okay. But, yes, I mean, there are, there are some alternatives. I mean, m- many people say, well, why not sell the shares if, if they were worth anything? You could sell your shares, of course, and then just give the cash proceeds to a charity, get the gift aid tax relief, which basically shares the tax... The income tax relief on between the charity and yourself um, allows you to l- use the losses. Or indeed, for, for um, people who aren't charitably minded, not that I'm one of those, of course, but um, there are many investment firms that will happily um, do share exchange offers and so on. That So long as you reinvest the proceeds in, a, in an ISA or in a unit trust or whatever, you can um, sell a, uh, a couple of pounds of shares and, at no or little cost.
3: So that's Steve's Deal of the Week with qualifications in this weekend's FT Money.
2: And that's all for this week's FT Money show. Do remember that you can email your views and your questions to ask.ftyourmoney at ft.com. We accept all criticism, especially myself, gentle or otherwise. And we'll also be back next week with another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Charlene and Elaine.
3: Goodbye. Goodbye.
2: Thirty-six percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Get a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/work. Shopify.com/work. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place
1: to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars